All right. Here we go. Week 16. It's do or die for a lot of teams here. The playoffs are right around the corner. Division time. We'll, we'll hopefully crown three division champions this weekend. Maybe more. Who knows? But, you know, today is Saturday. It's not Sunday. We got three games to preview today. And then we have to go through the rest of the schedule here of the games that only matter to the postseason. So, you know, let's get going here. To do, you know, here in about half an hour, these three, these two teams will go at it. Houston, if they win this game in, in your neck of the woods, they win the South for the second straight year, three of the last four years, and four of six under Bill O'Brien. Tampa Bay is playing a, a hell of a spoiler. Even though Jameis Winston has been an erratic quarterback this year, he leads the league in interceptions. Bruce Arians has been very impressed with what he's done. And obviously this team has improved, has improved a lot, especially in the second half. <clears throat> and uh, they could spoil Houston's chances of winning this division today. So go ahead. All right, yeah, man. So with these picks today, I'm going to have to admit, I'm not mad as I mentioned about my fantasy team earlier in the week. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of, uh, biasness with uh, with some of these picks of mine because it's called it wishful thinking, but I'm got to be positive and try to win, win a championship myself. So, um, so yeah, I happen to have Jameis Winston and Rashad Perriman going for my team. So, you know, I'm hoping for a big game out of Tampa. We kind of got lucky here with this game being on a Saturday because tomorrow down here in Tampa it's going to be it's it's going to be raining. It's not going to be nice. So you know that's a good thing for the Bucks because they're a passing team. They got a bad rushing. They got they they really don't have anything in terms of running the ball. But um, you know Winston, he's like you said, he does lead the league in interceptions, and it's been a major problem for him this year. But he also leads the NFL in passing yards and passing touchdowns. So, you know, he is having a huge year statistically, but he's just uh, he's just a turnover machine, and it's been killing the team. Um, but as of late, he's been tearing up. He's 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 the first quarterback to go throw for 450 yards in back-to-back games. The team's won five of the last six, but they are facing they are having a lot of injuries. Um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, their top two Pro Bowl receivers are are done, um, and one of their top backups, Scotty Miller, he's out too, which leaves them basically with just Rashad Perriman and the tight ends. Um, so Bruce, Bruce Arians has got to put together a good game plan because they don't have much at receiver. Um, and you know, on a side note, with when it comes to the Bucks here. There's been a lot of excuses made for the Eagles' offense being terrible this year, with the with the lack of receivers and all the injuries. But you know the Bucks have three of their top four receivers are out, and they have no running games and no offensive line. Yet they're still putting up a lot of yards and a lot of points the last over the last month. Plus, you they know, have the same re- exact record as the Eagles. The same exact record. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Just because they have a bunch of injuries, it's not an excuse. It's not a, a full excuse to just be awful, you know. 
a lot of it falls on the coaching staff. And Bruce Arians is one of the best offensive coaches in the league, so I'm sure he's going to put together a good game plan against Houston, who has a um, susceptible defense. At the same time, Houston can clinch the division with a win. So, you know, they have something to play for while the Bucks are just playing the spoiler. Um, and on a side note, the last time Deshaun Watson played at Raymond James Stadium, it was in 2017, they went when um, Clemson won the national championship. So, you know, he has some good memories in this stadium, and he's hoping for another one today. Um, but, yeah, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I think um, even with all these injuries, I think Arians is going to put a good game plan together, and Tampa Bay is going to put up points. But they, they have a really bad pass defense, and I'm expecting a huge game out of Watson and, and, and um, DeAndre Hopkins. And in reality, it's just going to be too much for Tampa. They're going to they're gonna hang in there and make this a tough game. But in the end, Houston's going to pull it out. So I got Houston with the win. Final score, 36-31. Too, it's, going to be too, it's going to be one too many turnovers off of, out of Winston. Yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston, obviously, you know, he's got to be very lucky that, you know, he's he's buying into the area system, but it's not covering the fact that he's still a turnover machine. He's thrown so many interceptions. I don't think anybody in this league has thrown more interceptions since he's come into this league. And like I said, hopefully they're working well. Arians said a good job that the Buck can still finish with at least a 500 record, and that's better than nothing. And that could go into next year with a potential that they can finally turn the page and and end, and end a playoff drought. Tampa Bay will be will finish with the you know with the only team in the NFC without a playoff appearance in this decade. But today's going to be a battle. I mean, obviously Houston has a lot to the battle for. A division title is on the line for them today. Obviously, you know. This is a big matchup for Deshaun Watson. Like I said, he won a national championship with Clemson on this field in 2017, as you had said. This is going to be, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. And I think, you know, defensively, you know, even though at times there won't be much going on, I think it comes down to either defense making a play. And like I said, we're going to see some good catches, you know. Like I said, there's no Mike Evans in this game, but you have the Andre Hopkins on the Texans, and that's going to be that's going to be a benefit. Will Fuller is supposed to be back in the lineup today, so it's going to come down to the last possession. I don't think this is going to be a blowout or anything. I think this is going to be a competitive game. Tampa Bay's going to be game one, but I think Houston's going to be able to hang on and take this division. And obviously, you know, if they're serious about making a run. And they have to really show themselves today because that Denver loss is still not fresh in their minds and fresh on my mind after after that disappointment. So I think Houston will show up and they will win. In, and it'll probably be a field goal game. I'll sit there, wreck it. So Houston wins, takes the division, and the final score, 30-27. to 27. <clears throat> All right, a very big matchup here coming up here in the second game in the in the middle of this triple header day. Obviously, Buffalo's going to make the playoffs 
for the first time for the second time in three years. But obviously they they're coming off a big victory in Pittsburgh on a Sunday night. New England, like I said, they win this game 17 times in the Brady Belichick era division champs. But if Buffalo wins and they win next week, they're the division champs. And Brady and Belichick will be summoned to a wild card, which I don't think that will happen, but we'll see. But obviously, we'll see what happens. So go ahead to this very important matchup, which could be potentially passing of the torch of this division. Yeah, well, well, it could be. Um, obviously, the Patriots, ever since Tom Brady has taken over, have absolutely dominated this division, and they dominated Buffalo in general. Um, Tom Brady is 31-3 and versus the Bills in his career. Um, he, he's... It, the Bills are 0-15 in Foxborough in games that Brady starts and finishes, which basically means there was one game in there in, in Week 17 a couple years ago where um, the Patriots had nothing to play for, so Brady played like a quarter, and then they benched him and played their backups. The Bills actually won that one. But other than that, the Bills haven't won in Foxborough against Brady at all. Um Sean McDermott, since he's taken over as head coach, he's done a great job, but he is 0-5 versus the Patriots. So, you know, he's looking to get that monkey off his back and propel this team to the division championship. Um, now, uh, one good good stat for the Bills is that in the past five games against Brady, Brady has only thrown for 1,082 yards, three touchdowns, and five interceptions. So, they have done a great job, and it's ever since um, McDermott took over, they've done a great job of shutting down Brady. But they haven't been able to pull out that victory. Um, and today, they're going to need, if they want to get that, if they want to pull off that first win against against Brady under McDermott, they're going to need Josh Allen to come up big, and especially they're going to need him to come up big in the fourth quarter. He's uh, he's been clutch all year in the fourth. Um, he has a eight touchdowns, zero interceptions in the fourth quarter. Only quarterback in the league to not throw an interception in the fourth. So um, he's going to have to have another big fourth quarter because this is going to be a tight game. It's it's not going to be a high scoring game. The Bills have a, a great defense that can shut down Brady in that offense, which hasn't been good anyway. But the Patriots have a very good defense, and like we saw in that last game where they played earlier in the year, the, they can shut down the Bills on their side of the ball too. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a tight, low-scoring game. It's going to come down in the fourth quarter. It's going to come down to the young clutch quarterback in the fourth versus the greatest of all time. And um, it's... It's going to be tough, but I, I think uh, I think I still got to stick with Brady, man. Um, the guy's a winner. The guy is a, is a proven winner. Allen's been great in the fourth quarter these, this year, but um, you know he's going up against the greatest quarterback of all time in a game where the New England that New England needs to win if they want to win the division and if they want to get that first round by. So. Um, yeah, I got to go with Brady here. So Patriots win, final score of 19-16. to 
Well, like I said, this is a very important matchup for both teams. Both teams will be playing in the postseason, but where and and if and if they get a home game will be determined today. And for Buffalo, they've done such a great job in their first meeting back earlier in the year. I think it was either Week Five or Week Six. Can't remember, but these two teams, like I said, this was a game that the Bills should have won, and. Josh Allen made a ba- just played like an ass. He didn't play well at all. And then he got himself concussed at the end. Obviously, since that game, he has not done he has not he has played much smarter. And obviously the Bills have had a lot more success. They've won some big games. And obviously, here they are with an outside chance to make Brelichek and Brady a wild card team instead of a division winner. But today's going to be tough for both teams. Like I said, even though Brady and Belichick are coming off a big win against Bengals where they scored 34 points, their offense is not that good enough to do that anymore for some reason. They don't have the pieces to put up 30 points. And today's going to be tough to score. Buffalo's defense is one of the harder defenses to score on anyway. And it was in the first meeting. So, one thing is for sure, if the Patriots lose today... They have to, Buffalo has to score 20 points. In all three of their losses, New England, the opponents scored 20 points or more. So, to me, I feel like this matchup, I think it's going to be who doesn't make the mistake. Because Brady has been prone to make mistakes. You said what, what McDermott has done over the last couple of years. But still, he still can't find a way to beat him. And I just think that today is going to be one of those games where Brady's not going to play at his best, but Josh Allen's not going to play any better than Brady in this game. So I I feel like at the end, experience will matter more. And since they're at home, it's going to even matter even more because Buffalo has has never beaten has only beat has never beaten Brady in a full game, as you said. So. You know, since 2000, we're talking about since 2001. So, at the end of the day, I, I think I agree with you. I think Bray and Belichick, why it won't be easy, they will put this division for the 17th time, maybe the final time, not going to go into the future, but maybe for the final time, takes to the AFC East as a unit. <clears throat> so, Patriots win and the final score, 22-16. to 16. All right, we're going to go to down the evening cap, the, Saturday, the the tonight's cap. And obviously, this is a big, big matchup for both teams as well. The Rams coming off a shocking loss in Dallas. Did, did not show up at all. And now their playoff hopes, basically, if they lose this game, then the playoff field is almost full in the NFC because there's nobody else underneath them that can make a playoff run outside of the Eagles because none of them are all of them are eliminated. So if they lose this game, Minnesota clinches a clinches at least a wild card spot. And we'll talk about them here in a moment. But for the 49ers it's is a very critical game because they could still take over the division lead with with a Seattle loss and they could once again be at the number one seed. But but then again 
they they don't want to look ahead to next weekend's matchup in Seattle that's going to determine the entire NFC field. So go ahead to this matchup. All right, so yeah, this is a big divisional game, big game for both teams. Like you said, Rams are still fighting for a playoff. The Niners, if they can win out, they would have the number one seed. So um, it's a huge game for both teams. You look at the last time these two teams played, Jared Goff threw for 78 yards total. Um, so he got, he got completely uh, shut down. Now, in that game, they all, the, the, the Rams were without Todd Gurley, and, um, and um, they didn't, so they didn't have that great running game. Now, at the, on the other side of the ball, the, for the Niners, the, they, they, their defense hasn't been all that great lately. You know, in, in their first seven games, which included that Rams game, um, their defense was absolutely dominant. They were allowing 11 points per game. But over the last seven, their defense is allowing 25.9 points per game. So, you know, their D has fallen off. They've had some injuries. But um, in this game, you know, I don't have much confidence in Jared Goff. You know, the guy hasn't come up big as much this year. He's had a lot of really bad games. Um, I don't know that he's a, a real true big game quarterback. Um, like as we saw in the Super Bowl last year, and this is a huge game for them. And um, you know, just as an example of what little faith I have in golf coming in this week, I have uh, you know going back to Stancy, I have Cooper Cup on my team, and I I have him benched for Anthony Miller of the of the Bears. So you know, I don't have a lot of faith in golf, and. I think that I think he's going to hurt this hurt this team big time this week. I think um, Garoppolo is going to have a good performance. I think that Niners defense is going to come up huge. And, and even though Gurley's playing this for this time around, and even though he's been getting the ball a lot more lately, that's not going to be enough for the Rams. Um, I think the Niners are going to come out. I think it's not going to be a total blowout, but they're going to win fairly handedly here so I'm going to go with the Niners and I'm putting my final score at 31-17 well the Rams were starting to turn things around and then they played the Cowboys and why nobody here in Philly are really worried about what happened in that game Rams fans basically threw away their playoff chances this was their last chance and they blew it last week and in their first meeting with the 49ers, like you said, they hold them to only seven points. And it was not a good day for Jared Goff. Like I said, Goff is a hit or miss quarterback. He's a talented quarterback, but he's very hit or miss in his career. He'll have great games, and then he won't show up, like the Super Bowl and several games this year. And obviously, if you look at the 49ers, their defense, like you have said, they were on pace as good as the, de- as good as the Patriots. But then over the last couple of weeks, over the last month and a half, they've given up probably the third or fourth most points in football of any team. You know, and it's starting to get a little daunting, you know. But then again, they're down five starters and two are on IR for the, and aren't coming back on IR. I think Sherman's going to play tonight, so that should help. 
But really, this is a this this is a really critical game for the 49ers. I think the Rams, unlike the first meeting, will score points to, tonight. And Garoppolo and them are gonna have to keep up, but I think they can. I think that this is a very like I said, I, I they don't want to look ahead to next week. Because if they lose this game, if the 49ers lose this game and Seahawks win, Seahawks take the could take the division, potentially. So the 49ers know that they need to win this game and, and take care of the Rams. If they get, take a lead early, they need to put them away. And I think they can put them away. You know, I, I think the 49ers can hold, could hold on and put, a, uh, and put a win together. So I have the 49ers winning. Struggle but a win. And the foul score, 30-20. to 20. Okay, now we will... We're done with the Saturday, today's matchups. Now we're going to tomorrow's matchups. And you know the drill. Like I said, all these matchups are related to only the postseason race only. So I'll tell you the following games we will not cover. Giants in Washington. Jacksonville in Atlanta. Detroit at Denver. Obviously Cincinnati at Miami. The Oakland Raiders at the Chargers. And Carolina at Indianapolis. Those are those games don't worry about. We're not gonna even think about. We have we have we have actually one unanimous choice we were given. And that's Baltimore beating the Cleveland Browns. As they get closer and closer to getting home field advantage, which if New England loses, if New England loses today, Baltimore will clinch home field advantage. So, that's one thing to think about if you're in New England. If you lose this game, not only are you going to lose, you could lose your division, Baltimore, the road to the Super Bowl, and it's probably going to go there anyway. So, that's one thing at stake today as well. So, our first matchup, Obviously, you probably will look at this as unanimous choice, but they they like Kyler Murray, and they think this could be a better game than you would think. They make their trip up to Seattle for the first time, Kyler Murray, to play Russell Wilson in Seattle as they, as they don't want to look ahead to next week. So go ahead. Yeah, so... Um We'll go with this one pretty quick overall um, because even though Arizona had a big game last week, you know, statistically and offensively, they're not going to be able to. They're not. They're not going to be able to hang with the Seahawks. Um, the Seahawks are an legit Super Bowl contender. Arizona is a team that just isn't isn't very good. Um, I think they'll be able to put up some points on that Seattle defense, but. In, in, in reality, Russell Wilson is going to have a huge game. Um, Tyler Lockett, he, he's back after last week. You can see he's back from his that big uh, shin injury that he had earlier in the year. He had a few weeks there where he was recovering and really didn't do much as a receiver. But last week he went off. Um, I expect another huge game out of him. And um, while... Uh, while um, the addition of Kenyon Drake for Arizona has added a little something to that offense, and they 
he had a huge game last week as well. I think he'll have a good game this week, but, you know, that's not going to be enough. That's not going to be enough. Um, Seattle's going to have a – they're going to put up too many points on offense. And, while, like I said, while Arizona will score some points, they're not going to be able to hang in there with Seattle in a shootout. So, yeah, Seattle's going to win this one uh, by, by two scores, basically. So, yeah, Seattle wins final score 36-24. Yeah, I won't take too long about this game. I mean, Seattle, they know if they win the last two games, not only do they win the division, they get home field advantage. They're in control of their own destiny. They're at home, too. Obviously, Arizona is a, is a team that obviously ain't going nowhere, but Kyler Murray's getting better and better and has a chance, has an outside chance at Offensive Rookie of the Year. I don't think he's going to win it, though, but he's done a very good job. He's improved a lot. This year, I'm kind of surprised. You know, using a college offense in football is not easy gimmick as Chip Kelly. But you know, like I said, it's been a <clears throat> it's been it's been nice to see what 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 we've seen out of Kyler Murray. He could be a superstar in this in this league in a couple of years, maybe even next year. But yeah, this is a tough this is a tough spot here. Seattle knows that they're. They're, they have their they have their entire you know it's been a great year for Russell Wilson he's second in the league in touchdown passes and I think that today he's I mean tomorrow he's going to have another great game I'd see you know Seattle's going to win pretty much going away at the final score thirty seven to twenty three all right we're going to go to the Bellands next and obviously you know the Steelers. You know, it's weird to know that, you know, Duck Hodges is your quarterback and you're still having outside, you not outside change, you have a legit chance to be playing wild card weekend. The Jets have nothing to lose, but Sam Darnold has played, has played decent here in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Duck Hodges has to outperform Sam Darnold for Pittsburgh to be, to be a playoff-bound team. Which they could be, but they're not going to clinch the sixth seed until next week. This is not a clinching game for them, even if Tennessee loses. So go ahead. Yeah, well, obviously the Steelers are are deficient at quarterback. Um, you know, they, they, but they do have a great defense. They even even though they had Hodges there, they hung in there with the Bills, almost won that game last week because their defense is that good. But um, but they, they weren't able to pull off last week. But this week's a different story. They're playing a horrible team in the Jets. That defense is going to be all over Sam Darnold. They're going to cause a lot of turnovers. Um, and, and really, they're going to win that game. I, I see a def- at least one defensive touchdown out of them. Um, and I don't think Hodges is going to have to do all that much to win this game. This is going to be about the defense, and James Conner is going to have a good performance too. And in reality, Hodges isn't going to have to do much other than not turn the ball over, which he'll be able to pull off. And, yeah, the Steelers are going to win this one. So, yeah, I got, I got Pittsburgh with this one. Final score, 23-13. Well... I have a, a little bit of, we're going to finally disagree here. You know, watching Deb, watching Duck Hodges play last week, 
He seemed, he just seemed like he was out of contact with his throws. He threw four interceptions. He just looked very lost. And, you know, he's done some good things. He's done some good things, but he's he's but he is what he is. He's a third string quarterback. You know, and great for the defense that, you know, Pittsburgh has a great defense led by Mitch Mika Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt. And they've had a lot of success this year. And they're and they're taking a lot of them to the Pro Bowl. <clears throat> but I feel like, you know, you're on the road and you know, the Jets are a weird football team. You you can agree with me. One week they, they can destroy you, and the next week they can get destroyed. And they're going to be at home. And for some reason, I just I have my I have my ideas that to think that as good as the Steelers' defense is, and they are, you know, and they are. I just think that at the end of the day, Sam Darnold is going to outperform Duck Hodges. He's going to outperform him. And for some reason, I can see, you know. Le'Veon Bell, who's played his old team, have a have a good game, and I think everybody's going to just show up because, really, the Steelers are not that great a team. When you th- if you don't take if you take away their defense, they're really not that good a team. Offensively, James Conner is not one hundred percent. Juju Smith-Schuster has a serious leg injury, and he's a, a, a knee injury, and he we don't know if when he's ever coming back. I just feel like. This all has this recipe for a Jets victory, and I think the Jets will win. I think the Jets will will pull this off. So I have the Jets actually beating Pittsburgh and making that six wild card battle a, a war. Going into the final week next week, so the Jets win and the final score twenty seven to twenty. Yeah, I, I, I something tells me the Jets are going to pull this off for some reason. I just something about the Steelers, you know, and Duck Hodges. I I I'm not impressed with. So, all right, we're going to go to uh, the next matchup, a very critical matchup for both teams. The the Saints right now, <clears throat> I think, are in the second seed. Drew Brees now has the most touchdown passes thrown in NFL history, but a critical matchup for the for the Saints. A, a difficult road matchup. Tessie, you know, they still have a chance to make the wild card. Out, a, a, a very slim but outside chance to still win the AFC South. But obviously, the, you know, this could be a, a matchup that could go, like I said, Saints need it, but the Titans may show up. This could be a big, big matchup. A, a, a game of the week, a game of the week category. So go ahead. Yeah, so um, Tennessee, they, they, they're they 6-2 under under um, Ryan Tannehill. So ever since Tannehill's come in, they've been playing uh, really good, even though last week they lost. Um, but Tannehill, he's been, he's been playing great all year. Um, Drew Brees leads the league in passer rating and completion percentage at 115.3 passer rating and a 75.8 uh, completion percentage. But Ryan Tannehill's right behind him. He's got a 114 passer rating and a 71.5 completion percentage. So you know he's that's number one and number two in the league. So you know Tannehill's been playing great this year, and he's got this team in, in contention for that wild card spot. Um, at the same time, Drew Brees, the old man, 
he just keeps going, man. He he, he just keeps putting up the playing great, you know. He obviously missed some time with that that injury, that thumb injury, but he's back and he's playing just as good as he always as he always has. So um, so yeah, this is going to be a matchup of two quarterbacks that are playing having really good years, and um, another guy that's having a really good year is Michael Thomas, wide receiver from New Orleans. You know, he's a, he's a legitimate elite receiver. He's a star, and um, he's he's got a good chance to make history here within within these next couple of games. He needs 11 catches to break Marvin Harrison's record for receptions in a single season. So, you know, he's on the cusp of a record of, of history here, and um, I expect him to have a good game against Tennessee like he does against every other team. Um, but for Tennessee... They also have a, a wide receiver of their own that is, has shown, is, is showing a ton of talent and potential. His name is A.J. Brown. Um, he leads all, the, all rookie receivers. Well, he leads all rookies in terms of receiving yards this year. He's got 893. So, you know, he's got two games he, to break a 1,000. And, um, yeah, I expect him to probably break a 1,000 today or tomorrow, I mean. Um, I think he's going to have a good game, but in the end, Tennessee's going to have a tough time here with New Orleans. Um, I, I don't. I think Tannehill's going to have a rough game this week. You know, I think, like I said, Brown will have a nice performance stats-wise, but overall, Tannehill's going to have a rough time here. Um, New Orleans, they got. They don't have a bad D, and I think they're going to. They're going to. They're going to limit that. Tennessee offense, and at the same time, Breeze, he's going to have a good game, look for Kamara to have a good game, and really, I think uh, I think the Saints are going to win this one pretty, it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be a blowout, but in the end, it's, it's not going to be a, a game that comes down to the wire either, so yeah, I got New Orleans winning this one with a final score of 30-20. to 20. As we were, as you were doing that prediction, Jameis Winston just threw a pick six in his first in his first pass. You know, so now the twenty fifth interception of the season. Unbelievable! I, I forgot that it came on already. Yeah, the game is already on, but we're we're good. I mean, you can we can still predict the games here. We're we're good, no violation. Yeah, but but like I said, going to this matchup. Like I said, this is a critical game for both teams. Like I said, for their playoff chance, for their playoff chances, at least for Tennessee's playoff chances, New Orleans is in, but they're fighting to stay away from Wild Card Weekend. So this is a very critical game for them if they're going to, you know, because if they win out, they'll be they'll be at least as two C if they win out. But this is not going to be an easy matchup for them. You're playing on the road. I get to. Against a against a Titans team that, you know, <clears throat> before last week was one of the higher teams in the league, and I feel like you know, this I don't think you know they were slowed down by Houston last week, but I feel like they still have something left. And if my prediction's right about the Jets and Steelers, this is a very critical game for Tennessee because they can still make the playoffs. They can still get two teams from that division in. So this is very critical for Tennessee. And Mike Vrabel, this is a critical matchup because you look at uh, 
Sean Payton, one of the best, <clears throat> one of the best offensive callers in this game, one of the best offensive setup callers in this game. He's a great, he's a good defensive guy. So this is going to be the matchup. It's going to be play calling between Payton and Rabel. And I've been very respectful of Rabel this year, as you know. <clears throat> I think he has the potential to be very good coach in this league. One of the few Belichick guys that might make it. To me, I'm going to look at it like this. This matchup, you know, it's going to be a tight matchup. I don't think you I don't think New Orleans has the advantage at all. They're on the road. So I think that if if New Orleans keeps Tennessee around, just like Kansas City did, that might not be good for them. Something tells me Tennessee's gonna find a way to pull this off. Even though I, I think the the Saints have the advantage a little bit, I think Tennessee's gonna find a way. Something tells me Tennessee's gonna find a way. So I have the so I have the <clears throat> the Titans winning and the foul score thirty one to thirty. All right, even though it really has no meaningful matchup, the Sunday night matchup, nobody flexed it or nothing. Kansas City going to Chicago. Like I said, Chicago's out of the playoffs. They're reduced to a spoiler. Kansas City knows if New England if New England loses today, not only does Baltimore clinch home field advantage. A Kansas City victory boosts them ahead of New England since they beat them to the number two seed. So Kansas City could could avoid wild card weekend with a New England loss and a and a win if they win out their last two games. So go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah, like you said, if um, if New England loses, Kansas City this becomes a big game for them. Um, now Mahomes, yeah, he's got a chance to uh, make some history himself. He if he needs 13 yards passing to become the first player ever to throw for 9,000 yards in his first 30 career games. Um, he needs two touchdowns to become the first to throw for 75 touchdowns in his first 30 games. So, you know, he's been putting up huge numbers since he's, he stepped in that starting role. And um, I expected that to continue this week. I, um, Chicago, their defense is, is, is pretty good, but it's not what it was last year. Khalil Mack, he, he has just two sacks in his last seven games. Um, so, you know, he's kind of been slowed down lately. And, yeah, I'm expecting a big game today or tomorrow out of Mahomes. And in reality, when you get in the um, uh, shootout-type mode, Mitch Trubisky's not going to be able to hang with him. Um, I expect the, the Chiefs to have the big, big lead early. They're gonna, their defense is gonna play well early, and then later in the game, they're gonna go into more of a prevent and let Chicago, you know, Chicago will start scoring some points. But you know, it'll be all meaningless in the end. Um, Chiefs are gonna get out the big lead early and win this one easily. So yeah, Kansas City wins. Oh, what the, f Winston. Yeah, Kansas City wins. <laughs> Final score, 37-20. to 20. Huh. James Winston yeah. just threw another interception. Right, yeah, that just threw me off. I was just watching it. He just threw another pick six. Oh, what a jackass. 
Oh, man. So what was your score for the Chiefs and Bears? I didn't hear that well. Um, 37 to 20, Chiefs. All right, I, I get it. Well, like I said, I mean, this is a critical matchup for Kansas City. If New England wins, that opens the door for them to get to the two seed. Obviously, for the Bears, they are out of the playoffs. No postseason this year. So, obviously, <clears throat> Trubisky, you know, like I said, we talked about the 2017 draft a little bit this year. These are two quarterbacks from that draft. And unfortunately, Chicago threw the bad stick. They got Trubisky instead of this Mahomes. Imagine what they would have, what would they be if they had Mahomes with his, with his talents. Because it's obvious what he's done this year compared to what Trubisky's done. And why the Bears are okay with Trubisky, they know defensively they have to be there. And this year it hasn't been like it was a year ago. Even though Trubisky's played better here the last couple of weeks, this is still this is still a tough situation for them. This is still a tough deal because he's just what it is. He's an average quarterback or a below average quarterback in theory. I think, yeah, I think that Kansas City's going to get on them early and often. I agree with you. I just don't think that. The Bears are going to be able to slow down uh, Mahomes in this offense. You know, Khalil Mack, like you said, he's been kind of absent over the last month. He kind of kind of mailing it in, not having the season he had a year ago when he was really good. So I, I have the Chiefs winning pretty easily, you know, pretty easily. And the final score, 34-17. to 17. <clears throat> All right, we're going to go to the – excuse me. <clears throat> We're going to go to the Monday night matchup. Now, no, normally Monday night matchups are kind of done at this time of the year, but not this one. This one has the NFC North Championship at stake. Minnesota knows a Rams loss tonight will put them into the postseason, but they still have an outside chance to win the division if they win their last two games. Green Bay is going to do something, has to do something they have not done in their in their history. Since Minnesota opened their new stadium in 2016, they're 0-3 in that building with Aaron Rodgers in all three of those matchups. So, so go ahead. Yeah, well, let me, let me put it like this. Um, it's, it's at the beginning of the year, I told you, going into week 15, this uh, team A, we'll just call them, it ranks in the bottom half of the league in both rushing offense, rushing and rush and passing offense, as well as rushing defense and passing defense. They will they rank in the bottom half of the league in all four of those categories. You would think that this is a team that's like a five and eleven type of team, right? Probably. Team, yeah. Well, Green Bay ranks in the bottom half in all four of those categories. Ooh. They're eleven three. So, you know, they win. They, they they keep winning games. It's not a necessarily pretty every week, but they just keep winning. Um, and this one, it, it's this one's not going to be pretty either against Minnesota. Minnesota's a tough team. They have a tough defense. Um, you know, we know the history of Kirk Cousins in big games, but you know they have a tough defense. And even with Dalvin Cook out there, this is going to be a tough. 
this is going to be a tough one. Um, Matt LaFleur, Matt, Matt LaFleur also has a chance to become the first rookie head coach to win 12 or more games in a season. So, you know. He, no, he won't be the first. He won't be the first. Matt, Matt Nagy did it with, with Chicago last year. Oh, shit. Where, where did I get that? I don't know. Maybe it's third. I don't know. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Um, bottom line, yeah, like you said, Minnesota's tough at home. They're 6-0 this year. Got a chance to go 8-0 and for the first time in 10 years if they can win this and beat Chicago. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, though. With Dalvin Cook out, it's, it's, it's going to be a game that's relied, that, that relies on Kirk Cousins. And we know, that we, all, we, we, know his, we know his history of coming up small. And in the, in, in the meantime, Aaron Rodgers is a – is an elite quarterback, and yeah, he puts the game on Kirk Cousins' shoulders, and he's going to fail, and that's what's going to happen this week. So, uh, the Packers win this one, final score, 27-17. Well, I remember you were saying that he'd be the first rookie coach to win 12 or more games. Well, Matt Nagy did it last year in Chicago. And Jim Caldwell did it for Indianapolis in 2009. He went 14-2 and two that year. Yeah, I don't know where I got that from, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it don't really matter. I mean, you know, rookie head coach, you know, they can win Super Bowl too, so you never know. But, yeah. but like I said, too, on to this matchup, on to this matchup, obviously, like I told you, <clears throat> Since they opened U.S. Bank Stadium, it's been great for the Eagles for their Super Bowl win, win a couple years ago. But for Green Bay, it's not been a beautiful place. In three matchups, in their three previous matchups, they lost all three. Aaron Rodgers even broke his collarbone in the second in one of those matchups. So this has not been a great place for for the for the Packers ever, and for Minnesota. They're the only team that has a perfect. They can finish perfect somehow with a perfect home record. If they win this, if they win their last two games, they'll finish with a perfect home record, which is hard to believe. Them, not New England, not Seattle. So that's weird. But then again, we should know. But to me, like I said, Dalvin Cook is out. That that could be a problem for Minnesota, as you said. You know, this, this is not going to be easy for them. You know, they're going to have... <clears throat> there is a running back, though, a rookie running back on their team, number 25. I don't know his name. But I remember when the Eagles played to be they couldn't stop him at all. So he could... Alexander Madison. Yeah, I think he's going to play a role in this game. And that might be tough for, for a run defense that's not very good. Like I said, Green Bay's defense is struggles in many categories, but by far the run especially... <coughs> so, if if that if number twenty five for the Vikings run the ball very well, that sets up Kirk Cousins. And for some reason, I just think that Stephon Diggs is going to have a big game, and Ab Thielen should be healthy enough to to make plays himself. So, if if those two have a great game, and Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph might be while we look at great tight ends, Kittle, Ertz, Travis Kelsey. Anytime Zach Rudolph gets the ball to him, he always makes a catch. He never drops a pass. 
I can see him having two touchdowns in this game. So, for some reason, as much as I don't like the Vikings at all, and you know that, you know how much I crap on them every every week, I think today that stupid, them and their stupid skull chance going to have a fun fun night, fun, fun Monday night. I think the Vikings are going to pull this off, unfortunately. So the Vikings win, and the foul score, 32-27. to 27. Yeah. Oh, here, here you go. I, I wrote it down wrong, man. It was the 10th tenth, tenth head coach to win 12 or more, not first. But I forgot to put my zero down. Well, I know you... You're good with stats and all that stuff. You're better to be at some of that too. So it it's it, we help each other. You know how that we are. You know how we are. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. Well, we've reached we reached the uh, here to the final game of week 16 of week 16 and a piss poor division, a poor division, a bad division will be determined tomorrow. It's the biggest game of the year for both teams. We've been talking about this since December, basically since the schedule came out in April, that this matchup's going to matter. This week, this matchup here will matter, and it will. Obviously, both teams, they're coming off of big victories, one blowout, one from behind. But obviously, <coughs> either this game's going to be good, or it's going to be a mismatch. Obviously, we'll see what happens. There are injury concerns on both sides. Obviously, Dak Prescott's come down with a shoulder issue that's been talked about the last couple of days. I'm not buying. I'm not. I mean, I'm not buying the injury, but I'm not buying that he's going to struggle or have a, or have trouble with it. Obviously, you know the Eagles injury situation. So go ahead. Go make your prediction about this. Yeah, I'm not buying it either with the shoulder. Shoulder. It's um. Obviously, it's hindered him in practice, but it's not going to be a big deal in the game. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to play at 100%. Now, with that, the the Cowboys are a team that they've had a lot of success against Philly recently, um, especially in Philly. Um, under Jason Garrett, they're 7-2 and two in Philly, and they've won five of the last six. So, um, so yeah, you know, they've, they've, the Eagles have had a tough time against the Cowboys as in recent years. Ezekiel Elliott, he's played five games against the Eagles. He has, he's averaged 163 yards from scrimmage per game, and he has three touchdowns in those five games. Um, and obviously, last time these two teams played, the Cowboys won by 27. In what was in a in a pathetic performance from the Eagles, so you know these two teams. In recent years, it's been all Dallas, um, and in recent games, you know Wentz has played. Wentz has led some nice comebacks over the last couple weeks, but you know he's, he's he, and he doesn't turn the ball over much. But he also has developed a fumbling issue. Um, in his last seven games, he has 12 fumbles. And, um, yeah, he's got to hold on to that ball. He doesn't throw interceptions much, but, you know, a, 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 a fumble is just as bad as an interception. It's the same result. So, you know, he's got he's got to hold on to that ball more if he wants to, if, you, if they want to win this game. 
Um, you all know the Eagles injury problems at receiver and how how poor they are at receiver. Um, our Seagull Whiteside showed up on the injury injury report this this week. Not that that means much because he's he hasn't done much anyway when he plays. But um, yeah, he's showing up on the injury report too. Um, but I don't know, man. I look at this one. The Cowboys should be able to win this one. They're the better team, talent-wise. Um, they're the team that has had a ton of success against the Eagles in recent years. Um, so, yeah, they really should win this game. At the same time, the Eagles t- tend to play their best when their backs are up against the wall, which they, this is a must-win game, obviously, for them. They're also two-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. So, um, you know, when they're, when people write them off and when – when when they when they need to come up big, they do tend to come up big. And I don't know for some reason I want, I look at this game and I think that Eagles team is going to come up big this week. I don't know why, but I think it's going to happen. So yeah, man, I'm, I'm going with the Eagles here. Somehow somehow they they find a way to pull this out. So Eagles win final score twenty seven twenty four. Well, I know that you had to get deep thought about that. Like I said, I mean, going into this matchup, I mean, you know, it's, you know, Carson Wentz has obviously gotten better over the last couple of weeks coming in clutch, you know, coming in clutch. And obviously, you know, this matchup today, I mean, I mean, tomorrow, it's going to it's gonna matter, obviously, for... For a lot, for a lot of reasons, like I said, Dallas can clinch the NFC East with the win. The Eagles need to win this game and to win next week in MetLife against the Giants to keep that streak alive of different NFC East champions every year. But like I said, I told you this earlier this week when I still had a voice. When I still had a voice. The three things they have to do, the three things the Eagles have to do to win this game, win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, win that battle between, uh, you know, win that, you know, in the trenches battle. Miles Sanders has to outperform Zeke Elliott because I think Zeke's going to show up, even if Dak does have the bad arm. I think Zeke, they're going to give the ball to Zeke. You know that and I know that. They're going to give him the ball and and he's going to do something with it. But the third most important thing, and this is something that shouldn't be that hard to do, Doug Peterson has to outcoach Jason Garrett. And we know that's kind of silly because Jason, we don't know how much of a coach he really is, Jason Garrett. But, <clears throat> but damn it, if you don't do that, those are three recipes for another for another letdown. And I and and <clears throat> the vibe here I've been getting here in here in Philly all week is that. We are the underdogs. We've always played like that. And we are this week. Dallas has the most pressure. They have a division title that they can win. But also, Jason Garrett knows that if he loses this game, there's a very good chance when they get back to Dallas tomorrow night, he's going to be on the unemployment line on Monday. Or next Monday, when the season's over. 
Because I think if the Eagles win this game, they'll, they'll take care of business next week. So this is going to be a critical matchup. And if Dak is hurt, as they claim he is, then obviously I think Carson Wentz will outperform him. But, like you said, turnovers has been a problem for Carson Wentz, especially fumbles. He has let, he's led all quarterbacks in fumbles this, this year. He had three last week in Washington. One for loss. He had, he had three. He had several fumbles in their first meeting in, in October. So really, he has to take care of the football because he can get away with it against the Giants and against the Redskins, but against the Cowboys, if he has a if he has any kind of turnover, they're going to feed off of that. Remember, in their first matchup, 30, 24 of, of the Dallas Cowboys' 37 points came off of Eagles' turnovers. So you think about it, take away those turnovers, it might have been a different football game. But I think that... The Eagles will show up. It will be a, a war. It's going to be a battle. But, you know, in the past, I've been very, you know, I, I, I shake, I've crossed my fingers and, <clears throat> and, and, hope, and hope for the best that the Eagles can pull off a victory and they have it. I hate to tell people this and I don't want to be, and, don't, and I hope I don't get shit at all because people will get these, will get this podcast after I'm done. Well, after I'm done talking, I don't think the Eagles have enough. I really don't. Even though I think that they can make this tough and, and good, I just think that if <clears throat> if Zeke has another <clears throat> 100 yards from scrimmage game, then, then someone like Amari Cooper and them are going to have easier time to score. And when you think about guys like, like Greg Ward and and Josh Perkins and guys like that. I mean, seriously. We'll see what the hell happens, but I hate to do this, man. I hate to do this. I just think, for some reason, I just think Dallas is going to come in here and find a way. As much as I hate to... I, I don't want... I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. But <clears throat> Dallas finds a way, and the final score, 31-24. to 24. I hope I'm wrong, but... <clears throat> Something tells me we're we're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna have an emotional f- all day. It's gonna be an emotional day. It's gonna be one of the most emotional games in in, in recent years. <laughs>